Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. How's it going, everybody? Uh, before I jump in, as I often do, to introduce our guest, one of our regular contributors, I just want to let you guys know something very exciting. It's a bit of an announcement. I hate to, to use that word announcement too much because there's always an announcement, let's be honest. That's an easy way to get people excited, but also it's an overused word. But just the same, I do have a very exciting announcement. We just hit 737 patrons. That happened just at the end of last week. And I'm still in awe of that because here we are, obviously almost two months into social distancing, quarantining, an economy that shut down and a pandemic that still seems to be unfolding, at least the effects of it and certainly the way that it's affecting so many of our individual lives, our ability to work, our ability to even feel safe going out in public, right? And yet in the midst of all of that, Lovegood has just wrapped up our greatest growth season to date. And that's such a humbling thing. It's such a beautiful thing for us to realize that maybe especially in quarantine, maybe especially in times of crisis, it has become more clear to all of us the great need that we have for beauty. Beauty, of course, through music, books, and art, but also through conversations like the one that's about to unfold with Dr. Ryan Hanning. The beauty that we encounter in meaningful dialogue about the things of life that really do matter. Beauty that ultimately leads to truth, truth that then sets us free. And, you know, Dr. Ryan Hanning, he doesn't pull any punches. I mean, this guy's a theologian. He's a PhD. I'm just like a media guy, you know? I mean, let's be honest. Everybody I hang out with is way smarter than me, which I just feel really good about most days. It's humbling. I can get jealous. But for the most part, I'm just so grateful to have the influence of their thoughts and of their lifestyles in my life. And so Dr. Ryan Hanning is one of those people, you guys know that I love this man as a brother and look up to him so much, especially as an intellect. And today we spend most of our conversation talking about what I often call intellectual leisure. I don't know how often you like to read. I don't know how much of your life is still in school or built on a, a lifestyle of study. But I must say, even as I get older, I'm way far out of kind of classic institutional education. I'm working on a master's in theology online. Fine, you know, but more than ever, I find the need for study, you know, ongoing study, even if it's just 30 minutes a day. I love reading biographies. I love reading books about economics, politics, history, but also theology and philosophy and business. And I've always been a book guy right? I've always been a book guy. And today's a real excuse to just geek out with the one and only Dr. Ryan Hanning and to really appreciate the role that the intellectual life plays in all of our lives, even if we're not academics, even if we're not out there, whatever, running a podcast or leading some organization. All of us do have a really cool opportunity and even responsibility 
to cultivate this incredible gift called the intellect. No matter how far we've ever gone in kind of traditional academic study, there's always an opportunity to grow and to read and to think about the things that really do matter. So sit tight, as always, get comfortable. I do recommend a pen and paper because Dr. Ryan Hanning is gonna say some things that you're not gonna wanna forget. All right, this is a really beautiful conversation. In just a moment, I'll be back with Ryan. But until then, enjoy this little excerpt of I Don't Want Your Love from The Spark, which is the 2013 double disc album from Kevin Hyder. I'll be your jack if you be my Jill. And baby, for you, I'll climb in a hill. Forget that pail of water if you be my girl. And darling, for you, I will fetch the world. And if the whole wide world ain't big enough for you, then I'll say goodbye. If you want more than I can carry, you and me, babe, we ain't never getting married. Well, I don't want your love. No, I don't want your love. No, I don't want your love. Tell them how it is, Mikey. Back at it with Dr. Ryan Hanning. Welcome, everybody. You've already been welcomed, but just again, welcome to the Love Good Podcast. We're sitting here in the, the studio here in Nashville. Yep. There's some things I've been waiting for you to comment on. Like, this is real Barnwood. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it's everywhere in Nashville. It's so much so they have like synthetic Barnwood. I, yeah. think. I was I was feeling one the other day is like plastic. You yeah, know? this is this is it's really real, real. And the guy that did it, we just did like a bartering situation where we did some promo work for him. He gave us a wall. This is wood burned. Pretty cool. Nice. Uh, we've got some of our favorite oh, vinyls. Oh yeah, I mean, you've got probably a yeah. couple of those. Obviously, Chesterton behind us here. Do my favorite one of all of them. Tell me. Leon Bridges. And, no, yeah. I think I might have introduced you to him. I, I don't know. I think you did. I think you did. Yeah, that guy. That guy is a real deal. He is a real deal. Why do you like him so much? Man, so first of all, if you see him live, his energy is incredible. But the, the ability to take an entire tradition of music and make it contemporary without compromising its roots. Because it's kind of Motown. It is, totally. It's amazing. Yeah. But he doesn't compromise any of it. He's talking about yeah. stuff today. He's yeah. referring to normal things, but he's just, he's true to his roots and he loves that type of music. That's cool. Man, I love everything about that guy. He's That's cool really guy. cool. I think I have my Liam Bridges somewhere. I, I emailed him and invited him to dinner before a show. Did it work? And he got back to me. He's like, he's like, hey man, we don't do that kind of thing. So got, I'm like, we'll do dinner like at two, man. Your show's like, it's like we got hilarious. He's like, we just don't want to get off our game. I thought it was cool they responded. Like, I mean, you're one of the only people to be bold enough to do that. I love uh, that. Yeah, I mean, he got nominated for a Grammy and uh, heck he's, yeah, he's coming to my town. Why not reach out? So, That's pretty cool. So. And, you know, obviously this is, I think, part of the original connection and our friendship was a, a love, you know, not just for culture and philosophy and the things that we're always talking about here in the podcast, but, Music, which are, you know, a big part of what Love Good is really constantly trying to rally yeah. around. And obviously, we've got a lot of artists that we have the privilege of working with. And I think many of them you've met personally through yeah, the years. Maybe Atlanta specifically. Yeah. Have you met Scott Mulvihill? Hill? I have. Yeah, I thought so. I feel like now that you live in Nashville, you've probably met all of them at yeah, some point. Yeah, and run these people like at coffee shops so and like cool. tackle them and stuff, which is kind of awkward, but it all works well, out. Well, <laughs> I just try to play it cool, right? So I bumped into Andrew Peterson, who's okay. been on this podcast yeah. at our local burrito shop called Baja Burrito. Is everything Chipotle wants to be. Baja does not pay me to say that. I'm obsessed with this place, really? right? But it's like bumped into Andrew and he's been, I think, becoming a friend. Like someone that I want very much to be friends with. If you're watching Andrew, <laughs> call me. No, that's weird. We'll smoke a pipe. That's what there we do. Go, but then you got people like 
You know, Michael Tate, lead singer of, yeah, um, I, I was used at, to be DC Talk, now it's yeah, Newsboys. Boys. I was with, with, with him at the airport, Bro. so I'm down he's there. He's everywhere. He's at the Yazoo, and my house is set. He's like, oh, it's great, man. They're That's heading cool. out of town. They're here for something. And, That's so crazy. And yeah, yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah, we have only the same in, banks. We only bumped in Nashville. Into ATM. Are you serious? I know, it's very Nashville. Even as recently, lead singer of the Grey Havens, I'm pulling oh. a total I know who blank. you're talking about, though. That's exciting. Dang it. Was he wearing Dave, a Dave, Radford, Dave. Was he wearing a cowboy hat or anything? I know. Is he just No, totally the Grey Havens cowboy hat. Who am I thinking of? I don't know who you're I thinking of. I thought he had of. a cool little hat on. No? Maybe he does on one of his album covers oh, and I've maybe. just never seen it in person. Okay. And therefore Maybe it was a prop. <laughs> yeah. But man, that guy's amazing. He and his wife, Alicia. Incredible. I mean, they took our patrons by storm a year ago wow. with, with the Grey Havens, whatever that record was called. Wow, this is an off day. It's okay. You know, but all that to say, music's huge and it has a way of, I think, intuitively and artistically carrying us where a lot of these podcast conversations seem to go naturally as well, which is to say, you know, philosophy and theology and what it really means to, as you put it once, Live an excellent human life in yeah. right relationship with others, yeah. or and, something awesome yeah, like with, that. Yeah, with with things and with others. That's yeah. so cool, right? It's a great way of summing it up. I think it's really important, though, that some of us recognize we don't always have the language around this stuff. You yeah. know that, like for me, it took going to seminary. It took reading a lot of Chesterton and Lewis, mm-hmm. and eventually Aquinas and Augustine to even be able to talk that, about. That's these a great things. order, by the way. That's, that's the it, recommended order. That's pretty yeah. much how yeah. I did it. That's exactly how I did it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think what's cool about you know the dream that we have of an education platform with Love Good mm-hmm. is that there can be more of a systematic process yeah. by which people can understand, you know, these 12 principles that we're diving into without even meaning to every single yeah. episode, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's the beauty of education is that, you know, education, there's there's different types of education, right? Yeah. And we, we tend to focus on, I mean, I'm a college professor, I t- tend to focus on the systematic application of education, but that's not the only way. And in truth, that systematic application is just a way of delivering a lexicon or a way of speaking and thinking about a broader experience that you get through music, movies, culture, all the other aspects of it. So yeah, so we're we're constantly learning. The question is whether or not we're learning truth. That's right. And the framework and the system around it is probably way more important than we realize, you know? And so this podcast, we get to talk about things, you know, and they come up kind of naturally and through stories and through lived experience, which in some ways is maybe the most effective and the most important way to learn. Yeah, I mean, one of my Favorite documents, Evangelical Nunziandi. Oh, uh, wow, know, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a theologian, so that's yeah. the Latin for evangelization in the modern world, right? in our times, <laughs> Nunziandi. Anyways, so now it's in the gospel for our time. But you know, he says, people, modern man doesn't listen to teachers, they listen yeah, to witnesses. that's true, yeah. And if they do listen to teachers, it's because they are first witnesses. That's right. And it's absolutely true. I mean, we, we learn, we are wired to learn through story. So right. I'm just gonna say it here. I love John Locke's politics, but his epistemology stinks. (laughs) And, you know, he famously says you shouldn't, you know, give more belief to something you don't have aptitude certitude of. Yeah. And the reality is that's not how we learn. We learn by story. We learn from others. We learn from our own experiences and from the experiences of others that, that share life with us. And the more credible those people are, the more they're a witness to those things, the more we can learn from them. That's right. You know, we we do this all the time. So this is this is how we learn. So music is one of those ways that we actually are able to to tell stories and encounter the world through other people. Mm-hmm. And if that music leads us to truth, if those stories lead us to truth, if those experiences lead us towards making us more human, then they then they're contributive to who we are. That's cool. But there's a lot of bad media out there that is either at best just passive, meant just to you know, pass your time or, or 
or to give you an escape. And that those aren't always necessarily bad. Like I, I mean, I admit it. There are some songs like I got stuck on like a channel I was writing. I've been working on a few books and some articles. And what I do is I put if I'm doing editing, especially where I don't want to have a deep dive because if I go too deep, I'm not going to get through it. And I'm going to yeah, ruin it. Yeah. So I need to sort of stay on the periphery at like ten thousand feet. You know. So I put on cover songs of on YouTube, like a channel, like Cover Nation or something. And I get introduced to all these popular songs. Some of them are really horrible. I'm like, wow, that's like <laughs> lyrically not a really good song, but I really like the music or something. That's I like hilarious. the singer's voice. But so some are not bad. They're just passive. Yeah. And then there are some that actually are drawing you away mm. from what it means to be human. Mm. And we all have experienced this. So for instance, things that are trying to sell you something other than what they presented are typically usually drawing you away. We feel that. We feel like an injustice, like an assault to us. We're, totally. We've clicked on something. We think it's going to give us this, but it takes us somewhere else. We're like, yeah. ah, no. Yeah. Right? You weren't true about what you're what you're presenting to us. So I think, you know, gosh, even in media, that's just an opportunity to learn. But there's a lot of media out there that 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 speaks falsehood. Yeah. That actually degradates beauty. That's right. And I just think of the sorry, my theologian hat on, think of that Balthazar quote, you know, that that beauty is sort of the last transcendental to be forgotten and abused. But you can't take beauty down without taking truth and goodness with it. Mm. And I've never heard that. Oh, you've heard this? Yeah. I so don't he know. Says, I've never heard he that. says the man who who assaults beauty and her dignity will soon forget how to love and forget how to pray. Wow. You you strike out beauty. You say beauty is subjective. You say that beauty is just in the eye of the beholder, or it's just a matter of taste. You forget the ontological or the isness of something that's truly beautiful. The isness. Yeah. You. That's the words I can use. I love it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You quickly. You quickly forget how to love. That's so interesting. And so obviously, you know, when Love Good began in the summer of 2013, that was really part of what we were proposing to people, not just that there was a vision for patronage that they could get on board with, not just that they could rally Mm -hmm. around this growing community of artists who had a way of writing music like Tolkien wrote novels. All of that was true. It was also recognizing that, hey, beauty and her counterfeits yeah. are either disposing you to virtue yep. or to vice, yeah. you know? That's, and that's the truth. It's, it's, there's not a whole lot of passive consumption. Yeah. Even passive consumption becomes non-human. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's because right. you're not using your intellect and will, you're just sort of receiving it. And we have to be most careful. If you read like George Orwell, I mean, Orwell and like all these other, you know, great classics in the 1980s, this is their fear, mm. that we'd be passive consumers and that we would take whatever we receive and that would soon start to cultivate a way of thinking and being that right. was actually inhuman, that That's allowed right. us to be controlled, abused, propagated against whatever the case might be. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is all about learning. I and mean, this is what's so funny is like, I think one of the reasons why we get along so good, our affinity, is because we're really about education. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, there's different ways of doing it. I've I, more, I pretend you know, otherwise. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it Deep is. It's about, it's about teaching people to be who they are. Yeah. And because we ourselves are learning it. And, that's, and like, let's learn together. <laughs> sort yeah. of a, a beautiful model. People literally asked me the other day, I think they think because I've had nine kids that I keep having children because I figured out how to do it well. They don't realize like I'm having more because I want to at least get one right. <laughs> it's, a con- it's a constant learning process, you know, yeah. maybe not for my wife. She, but, you know, but for me it is, I mean, it's just constantly learning. So I think, you know, the, 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 the reality is that we're all made from yeah. the moment we're born to like study this world. We're constantly mm. learning. And I think music and media and books are one of the preeminent ways that we learn. I'll be back in just a moment with Dr. Ryan Hanning. Y'all, I just want to say thanks for being a part of what has been an incredible journey, season three of the podcast. We've only got a couple episodes left after this, and I want to go ahead and give you a sneak peek of what's coming, okay? 
throughout the entire month of June, rather than doing occasional bonus episodes, rather than immediately beginning season four of the podcast, we've decided to do a book study. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and fess up. I'm a nerd. All right. I love studying. I love learning. I love growing, especially the intellect. But I don't always have an easy time doing it, to be honest. I've had a lot of incredible guides, mentors, teachers, professors, friends along the way. Again, I love hanging out with people smarter than me. And so a really dear friend of mine, whose name is Jason Craig, who, like Dr. Ryan Hanning, is a homesteader, a brilliant scholar. He runs an organization called Fraternus out of North Carolina, which has incredible influence all over the country, especially in the hearts of a lot of fathers and their sons. You know, he's a family man with a brilliant mind, and we for the very first time in Love Good Podcast history, are going to journey through a book together. It'll be four, perhaps five episodes of Jason and I chatting through our favorite parts of Orthodoxy, the great classic work by G.K. Chesterton, which you'll hear more about soon because many of you already have it. But if for some reason you haven't yet gotten the Love Good copy of Orthodoxy, we'll be able to make that available to you really, really easily in the weeks ahead. So, Go ahead and get pumped up now. This is kind of a a sneak peek of what's to come. A book study on orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton with Jason Craig and myself here in the Love Good podcast uh, throughout the entire month of June. So hope you guys really look forward to that and even now begin making plans to read and to read deeply, but to know that you won't be alone in it either. You guys are awesome. We'll be sending out more details about this soon. This is cool because actually you're tapping now into what I do believe is an inherent part of the human experience, that we are called to cultivate the life of the mind, that we should have that childlike curiosity, you know, that yeah. continues to grow as, as life unfolds. And I think with experience, with friendship and conversations like this, but also with systematic education, mm-hmm. which is like a scary phrase to me because yeah. it implies tests yep. and quizzes and papers. Like I'm right now working on my master's in theology. Well, if I wasn't working on it, I guarantee you I wouldn't be studying as often as I do. And I wouldn't even have a good excuse to, yeah, to disappear and study some days. Yeah, systematically too means like mentored through it. I mean, you think right. of like, you know, and you can think of Dante, you know, walking through, you know, properly understanding, you know, his being given a tour of heaven and yeah, paradise and yeah. hell and purgatory. I mean, sort of being walked through it. Apprenticed you know? his way Apprenticed through. Apprenticed properly through it, yeah. And that's cool because obviously we've had this apprenticeship program now for a few years and mm-hmm. it's this walking with, this accompaniment alongside young adults who want to know who they are, who want to know God's will, who want to live lives that are meaningful, mm-hmm. purposeful, beautiful, you know, that leave their mark on human history, you know? Yeah, as you say that, I think of Romano Guardini, he's a great uh, Italian theologian who died in the 60s, who's a huge influence on Benedict and Pope Francis. In fact, Pope Francis Laudato see, you know, p- possibly one of the widest read encyclicals. Really? Yeah, by non-Catholics. Potentially ever. Wow. Yeah, I go to all these, you know, because I was I was able to be a commentator on it and I've been able to do a lot of, of work in that area. And yeah, I'll go to these, you know, conferences where I'm like the only token Catholic and Crazy. all read Laudato see. But his entire third chapter is actually his unpublished doctoral dissertation on Romano Guardini. That's right. Yeah. On the limits of technocracy. But anyhow, I digress. But Romano Guardini <laughs> says this sort of thing too, that you know, he's talking about modern man in the modern situation, that real culture is about helping people know essentials Mm. about who they are 
and what is most important for themselves and each other. Mm. So you can think it's all relational. It's about your proper relationships, about proper understanding of who you are and how you enter into that versus he says modernity and more importantly, post-modernity is sort of what he calls the mass man. This is sort of person who becomes what they consume. Mm. And we do naturally, we sort of, we, we imbibe the spirit of what we consume, but that's not how we were designed to be. Yeah. And so this, this, this reality that today's culture isn't really a culture, he sort of calls it a non-culture mm. <laughs> because it's not actually espousing any essential truths about who we are, or what we're made for. And rather, it's sort of teaching you can be anything you want to be, yeah. which is just not true. You, I can't be a lion like I, as, ma- as much as I want to be. That's a platitude that's not real. Hey, my five-year-old nephew, in case you were at home <laughs> watching this, you still roar better than Simba will ever roar. Yeah, okay? that, that's probably very true. Yeah, I mean, I literally have the best imaginable recording of him singing along to the soundtrack of the new Lion King in this studio only a few Uh-oh. months ago. Heart-wrenching. Powerful. We can't compete with that. Man. You can't compete with that. But you know, in those moments when he's working on his roar, he does sound like a lion. That's pretty. Imp- but he won't be a lion. He will never as, be as good as his roar. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but we were, to your point, sorry to to, to theologize this. But but about being uh, apprenticed, this is this is the truth that ever since the fall, every culture has some things that are good, beautiful, and true, and other things that are false, bad, and stupid. And of those things, <laughs> you have to be navigated through that. And that's part of learning, yeah, right? It's like, that's right. Even take anything, take, take science. I mean, you know, if you study chemistry, it's about understanding the appropriate molecular bonds in atoms so that you know what things are. And it's not judgmental to say, oh, H2O is, is, is not helium. You're not making a judgment statement. You're just pointing out the fact that's the truth mm-hmm. and believing something that's a lie is not the truth. Yeah. And so we do this all the time. Education is about teaching people truth. And we can do that in chemistry, just like we can in ethics, just like we can in how to live right or how to make proper choices or how to actually fulfill yourself as opposed yeah. to just consume things that aren't going to fulfill you. So, I mean, I think you know, education for me, this is like the, the constant sort of standard I, I try to, you know, live by is that every moment's an opportunity to learn, but not everything you learn is going to be the truth. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to, I mean, some people call it like deprogramming, but in some ways, the modern world is full of these lies. Mm. I mean, think of the ones we, we live on, we pass them, right? If I just had this, I'd be happy. Mm. And unless that answer, that blank is anything other than God, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Now there's other things that can also fill that line that will at least point the right direction. Mm. Friendship, meaningful relationships, opportunities for self-sacrifice, unconditional love. Those things are all really good at aspiring and reaching up towards God. Absolutely. But a new motorcycle is not going to fulfill you. Yeah. So this is interesting. You, know? you used the word technocracy yeah. a moment ago. And it's my two dollar um, word for the day. Well it's it's, it's like my, that's like a five dollar word. On my calendar. That's a good <laughs> word. And I've also heard you talk about isolation and specifically fragmentation. Yeah. These these three cultural realities yep. that I would assume not only reflect, you know, a lot of people's lived experience, but when properly understood can be fought against right. and and then you and know be better educated against there you right? go like to well really said. know the truth of it yeah so let's unpack that for a okay. second because truth is obviously something that unlocks you know parts of our mind mm-hmm. and opens our intellect in such a way that leads to freedom like when right. it's when it's true knowledge it leads to a deep interior freedom because suddenly i remember the day the day i heard somebody on stage at a conference call 
a particular sin what it was. Oh. Sin. Yeah. You know, like he just came out for the first time in my life. I heard that word in its proper context and used to educate me that this is in fact going to immortally mm-hmm. separate me from God right. or mortally set me, whatever. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's the first time I'm 19 years old. I'm only hearing it now for the first time. That began a process of freedom. The knowledge yep. led to a process of freedom. So understanding the culture that mm-hmm. we live in, maybe specifically fragmentation, isolation, yep. And technocracy could be helpful in knowing what we're up against, yeah, what, what we're navigating. We can triage it. I mean, so Jesus says, you know, the truth will set you free, right? And now when he says that, he means both the truth as a person, that he's the ultimate truth, but also the truth with the the not quite lowercase t, but something like it, you know, the, the truth of the way things are, the way that God has created them or meant them to be. That's right. And so modern culture doesn't necessarily promote particular truths, but there are these sort of three themes that people assume are necessary to be part of modern culture, right? So the first would be isolation, the idea that somehow we are more free the more independent we are. So Mm -hmm. that true freedom is about a limit of constraints, which is, couldn't it be further from the truth, right? True freedom is becoming who you are. True freedom is, is, is about learning who you're, not only who you are, but who you've created to be. And so this isolation is, is a huge problem in modern culture where we believe this lie that somehow, one, we're all autonomous, which is not true. We are linked to each other. None of us came out of spontaneous creation. We, we came out of the union, mm. whether desired or not. <laughs> we came out of the union of two individuals, of, a, yeah. of a, a natural biological process. You know, Hopefully, it came out of a union that we can say that in, 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 in it, there was a marriage or in it, there's a love so profound that nine months later you can give it a name, right? Mm. But isolation says we're autonomous, we're individualistic, that we create our own reality. I mean, this is the height of arrogance. Mm. And we live in a time now where, where more people have a higher instance of suicide, anxiety, so on and so forth, when we have technically more freedom and more ability than ever before. Mm. Why is that? Because we're believed a lie that we can do it on our own and we yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, there is a truth, there is a God and it's not us. I mean, it's sort of this basic thing. It's like the first thing a 16-year-old has to learn about the the, the yeah. reality of things are. So isolation is a, is a is both a philosophical error and a real challenge and symptom of of a false truth in our modern culture. Another one would be fragmentation. And fragmentation is a symptom of isolation because what it says is that that things are are disconnected and independent of each other. And the only connections are those that we impose upon them. And so this is a total devaluing of the organic structure of reality. It's, it's weird because it leads toward the schizophrenia. We believe that in the material world, everything is organized, progressive, and orderly. This mm-hmm. is why we can study it. But in the supernatural world, it makes no sense. Yeah. And so imagine we tell students, we tell people, science makes sense, but faith doesn't. So things like hope and love don't matter. Those things that we were made for most don't matter. Mm-hmm. But things about the natural world, those make sense. And so the reality though is that, that this fragmentation, this idea that we can compartmentalize and we can be one person at work and one person in the family and one person in school leads to this radical exhaustion. Mm. We're not living integrated lives. So we're isolated, we're fragmented. We believe that true freedom is about independence and autonomy, not about discipline and proper relationship. We're fragmented. We don't recognize the interconnectedness of everything. We don't want to be dependent on each other. We don't want to have to depend on these truths. I mean, I remember talking, the best definition I've ever heard for mortal sin is spiritual gravity, mm. right? You, you commit a mortal sin, you are falling. Yeah. And you, chances are you feel it. Chances are you, f- you physically feel a sinking. When you're convicted of serious sin, you feel a sinkingness, mm. right? You just do. 
and, you know, and this other idea of technocracy, this idea that somehow that technology will liberate us and that that the sort of progressive ideal that you know, as long as we're getting more capable of things, we'll continue to choose the right direction, which is not necessarily the case. If you ever watched Jurassic Park, highly recommend it, one so of my favorite good. movies. But there's that great line, right, where John Goldblum's sitting in the car and he, he says, look, you guys are so busy thinking about whether or not you could do it, you didn't think about whether or not you should. Mm. So technocracy is this idea that technology will save us, that technology will be promoted, and that left to its own devices, technology will actually make us more human. Mm. When the reality is that technology is a tool in the hands of individuals that we're called to use technology and discern its application, and there's actually a technology that makes us more human and a technology that makes us less human. So like a cell phone would be a good example. A cell phone is a tool, properly used, it can put us in communication with each other. Improperly used, it can distract us from the relationships that are most important. Yeah. It can distract us from the people right in front of us. So I think modern culture, you know, sort of presents to us these, these, these lies about our independence and autonomy, this lack of connectedness in the supernatural or the most important aspects of life. And this idea that that somehow technology is 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 neutral or, or doesn't have a value and that if it does have a value, it's a positive one. And then that leads towards the symptoms of isolation, fragmentation, and this idea somehow that technocracy, that technology will liberate us. And those aren't true. Yeah. Those are just modern myths that need to be spoken against. So I see your eyes getting glazed over. So no. I've got you long. <laughs> it's only but, because people don't know this, but it's 3.15 where we are right now. Right. And that's that time of the day where you go home from school siesta for a time. snack. Yeah, it's siesta or time. A, or a nap, a snack or a nap. Where I'm from is siesta. Yeah, in the Southwest, <laughs> yeah. So, But, yeah, but, but I was at education though, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to navigate these three things yeah. without an without a, pers a person to accompany you. Yeah. And what's yeah. so beautiful is the role of the church has always seen itself. When I say the church, I, I mean collectively Christianity has always seen itself as, as the, the people in the community to help you navigate those, those, those challenges of any time, mm. right? I mean, so again, I repeat it often to elevate what's good, beautiful, and true in the culture yeah. and highlight those and cling to them and point them out and celebrate them. And then also point out and seek to systematically destroy mm. those things that are false, ugly, and stupid. But I know that this process of cultivating the intellect, of living the life of the mind, of not being alone, right, mm -hmm. in this kind of discourse is so key and so important. I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like for us yeah. uh, as a community of patrons, of artists, of young people. And you have been probably one of the, the, the biggest guides. Like nobody has Gandalf to me better in this way. <laughs> Gandalf. Uh, I, I rarely hear Gandalf as a verb, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, today's the day. Yeah, Gandalf. Uh, you, you have Gandalfed me well in these yeah. areas. I'm looking forward to, as always, continued conversations. Thank you, Ryan. I almost dropped the lift again. Thoughtful free fall, but I'd rather take another run, another run. I'll take another run. So try.
You're listening to Ptarmigan, which is the title track from Michelle Mandico's 2018 full-length album. Pretty incredible and honestly such a good example of so many of the songs and the artists and the, the music that we have the privilege of promoting. Artists like Michelle that we have the joy of accompanying as their careers unfold. And as you can probably guess, just like these artists that we love and support through Love Good, Michelle, Scott Mulvihill, Kevin Hyder, so many others, you know, they don't just have this rich creative life. That's true. These are some of the most brilliant creatives I've ever known. But they also have a rich intellectual life, which I get is sort of the theme of this podcast, right? That we've just for the last 30 minutes chatted about this part of our lives that most of us leave behind upon graduating from high school or college. But how cool, and certainly for me, how encouraging and challenging it is to be around people like Dr. Ryan Hanning, artists like Michelle and Kevin and Scott, who are serious about the life of the mind as much as they are their life of of creativity and great artistry. And for those of you who are out there kind of always wondering how to go a little bit further and and take a, a slightly deeper step in your own intellectual life, your spiritual life, perhaps even your emotional life, we've obviously got so many amazing opportunities for you. In fact, on Thursday, during my Let Beauty Speak live stream, which is happening every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern at letbeautyspeak.com, I will very likely be sharing the music video from Ptarmigan, as well as book recommendations, as I always do, forms of, of art that most of us are exposed to, have all around us, and yet sometimes forget to make the connection, right, with with how art really can become an encounter, specifically with God, and how any encounter with beauty is really a, a foretaste of heaven. So this is the kind of stuff that we're, we're chatting through during Let Beauty Speak every Thursday night. Definitely get signed up if you're not already at letbeautyspeak.com. And uh, just know what a joy it has been to journey, especially with Dr. Ryan Hanning and Father Ryan Adorjan, two of our regular contributors this season of the podcast. So many great and beautiful things to come. Nothing but love and prayers from Nashville for all of you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.